Hello, and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. As always, it is your host, Nick Sararis. And yeah, sick all of last week. Miserable, laying around, cold, voice sounded like shit. Wasn't really in any headspace to record. My voice sounded awful. I did a spot on my friend Hunter Hody's Locked on Penguins pod the day after the Rangers beat them. But we're back up. Uh, Word to the Stringer Bell... Put the word back out there. The Upper Bowl GM podcast, we back up there. And today, very happy to have one of my good friends, Chris Schweitzer, on to preview the Major League Baseball season, which starts today. You're listening to this on Thursday, I would assume, maybe Friday. Baseball, if you're listening to this, is back. Very excited. There's a lot, a lot to talk about. So I won't meander too long here in the preamble, but the Mets pushed their chips in. They went out and got the best pitcher on the free agent market. They signed a bunch of guys to fill out their lineup, upside guys who have played really well in other places like Marcana, Eduardo Escobar, Starling Marte. Excited. The Yankees, big trade. Traded Gio Rochelle and Gary Sanchez for Josh Donaldson. Very, very interesting to see what the Yankees are going to do. The Padres have made some interesting moves. They're going to have to be without Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the best young players in baseball who got injured in the offseason, dicking around on a motorcycle. And, disclaimer, at the, towards the end of this episode, we are going to pick our award winners. My tiny brain self forgot Fernando was going to be out between two to three months. I had picked Fernando to win National League MVP at the end. Disregard that. Give me one soda to win National League MVP. You, you heard it right here now in the introduction because I'm going to... I'm going to talk over myself at the end, but I forgot out the first two to three months of the season with an injured wrist, had to have surgery, and that report was from mid-March. Three months from mid-March would put them firmly in middle of June, and if he only plays 110 games, he's not winning National League MVP. Okay, all that said, please support the show. Number one. Please subscribe wherever you'd like to get your podcast. The show is available there. Number two, if you are using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please, please, please leave the show a review. On Apple Podcasts, once you've hit that subscribe button in the top right corner of the show's page, you can scroll past our recent episodes. There's going to be five clear purple stars at the bottom. Hit the one furthest to the right. That's a five-star review. Underneath that is a button with purple letters that says write a review. Please leave a few words of encouragement. Support your content creators. That said, the guest on today's show, Chris Schweitzer, go subscribe to his podcast, The Sports Report with Chris Schweitzer. It's available on all the major podcasting platforms. Leave Chris a review. Stuff matters a lot to us content creators. The The engagement is what we need to show people that we're worth hiring or worth taking advertising space out on. So yeah, please, please, please leave reviews for your show, favorite shows. Okay. I love baseball. I'll be honest with you. It's the first sport I ever truly felt love for. It's the first one I ever really felt passionately about. It's the one I played the most as a kid. It's the one that spent countless hours swinging off a tee into a net, just dreaming and dreaming and dreaming. And baseball is the one that it's easy to romanticize because everybody has swung a baseball bat at some point in their life in gym class. Everybody at some point in their life has played catch. That kind of stuff is universal. It's a universal language, and it's what makes baseball fans so passionate. It's similar to the way that 
hockey fans. There are only crazy hockey fans. At this point, yeah, there are only crazy baseball fans. There aren't a lot of half-in, half-out baseball fans because of the state of the game right now. All of that said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with my good friend Chris. I will see you guys on the other side of the drop. And with that, I am very happy to welcome back to the show one of my really good friends, somebody who comes on this show all of the time to talk about baseball during baseball season, the host of the Sports Report with Chris Schweitzer. How are we doing, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. We got baseball tomorrow, or I guess when this goes up, it'll be baseball today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Very happy for baseball to be back. It does seem like a lot of the Northeast is getting rain tomorrow, so we're going to have to mooch other teams' games to kind of hold ourselves over till Friday because it looks like baseball somewhere, even if it's not on a July night, just because, you know, there's baseball to watch. Hell yeah, man. I got I got I got stuff to watch, dude. I got Alex Bergen on my Alex Bergen on my fantasy team. Edward or actually Ed Escobar is fucking rained out. Trent Grisham. Like I got stuff to watch, dude. I got yeah. fantasy players to watch. I got bets I'm gonna have to keep track of. So last year when we did this, we started with a very simple wide open conversation of how many teams can realistically win the World Series. And we settled on about five teams. We said the Dodgers, the Yankees, the White Sox, the Braves. And I think that was really all we had. We didn't really think the Blue Jays were ready last year. The Brewers, we thought were on that next level down. And nobody else in the NL East, neither the Mets or the Phillies. Is anybody else in that category? Are we ready to graduate the Blue Jays from the nice story to ready to contend? Or are we just kind of looking at Dodgers, Yankees, White Sox, Astros maybe, if you want to say? Is there anyone else mm. you would add into that mix? in that top tier i don't know i am i'm a little i'm a little wary of hopping on the on the the toronto train um you know they they're they made they made improvements in some areas they they started starting pitching is definitely better um i'm a little worried about if the the offense might take a little bit of a dip with with uh semian not being there anymore um, but they're, I mean, they're certainly going to be in the thick of it. Like I said, I think they're at the very least they're in that second tier, like right below the top tier. Um, if you want to, if someone wants to put them in the top tier, I wouldn't necessarily say they're wrong. Um, I don't know if I have them there yet, but I think at the very least they're like right in the next tier. Um, like it's possible, but I, I, I wouldn't, I would, I put a handful of teams over them, I think. I agree with you because a lot of people are overlooking the fact Simeon set the record for home runs by a second baseman last year. Like on most teams, Simeon would have had a real argument to be American League MVP, but because he was on a team with a guy who could have won the Triple Crown last year, it kind of got overlooked. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's gone and they really didn't bring bring any bats to replace him, you know? Yeah. Like if they let Simeon walk, but then sign like a Trevor Story or sign like a Correa, like make a big splash all right, or like sign a Schwarber or Castellanos, like they're not going to be as good as Sammy was last year, but they'll give you they'll give you some some pop in that lineup. I like Matt Chapman. I'm a big Matt, Ch- Matt Chapman guy. I've been for a while. He's never had an offensive season like Sammy had last year. So, I mean, I guess granted, Sammy never had a season like that with Oakland either. And and Toronto seems to have this – they have the secret sauce with stealing guys from Oakland. Yeah. They did it They did it with – Josh Donaldson, they trade for him and he wins an MVP his first year in Toronto. And then last year they get Simeon in free agency and he has the best, by far the best season of his career at the plate. 
Um, so I don't know, maybe they do it with Chapman too. I'm not, I'm not assuming that Chapman's going to have a season like Simeon did last year. And I don't know if anybody in that lineup is going to fill that void. I think they will be good. They got talent. Like they got, they got Guriel, they got Bichette, they got, they got Chapman now. They got Springer. If Springer's healthy all year, that'll be a big plus, but I don't, I'm not seeing a, I'm not seeing a one-to-one semi-in replacement right now, and I think that's a big blow to the lineup. Okay, so in that next tier, we have Milwaukee. I think you got to put the Padres in there just because of the potential of that lineup. I think the Mets are maybe in that grouping, and then you could add the Phillies in that grouping as well of that second tier of teams where if things break right for them, they could have a pretty good season and maybe push for a division title but almost certainly be in the wild card mix because the AL West – I don't buy Seattle. I just flat out, I don't. The yeah, AL Central, Minnesota, maybe. I could see an arc. You and I were both high on the Twins last year, and we both fell on our faces with that one. That kind of blew yeah. up on us. But Yeah, they, they I don't, sucked. <laughs> I don't think Cleveland has the talent to be seriously competitive. And then Tampa's always going to be in this mix, in this tier, where they don't have any name-brand players. Now they have Juan DeFranco, who is a name-brand player. But aside from him, nobody on that team is going to totally move you, and it's always going to be a a compilation effort where they're a good team, but nobody on that lineup terrifies you. Is there anyone we're missing? Milwaukee, the Mets, the Phillies? I don't think so. I don't think nobody else in the AL Central moves me outside of the White Sox. Same AL West, it's just Houston. Um, like man, Mets, Phillies, maybe nobody NL Central really does it either. I'm not, I'm not too high on the Cardinals. Like, I don't, I don't like their starting pitching. Their lineup's great, but yeah. I, I think their starting, their starters have. Stephen Matz uh, doesn't move you. Stephen Matz doesn't move me. <laughs> Miles Mikolas doesn't move me. Thirty-nine-year-old Adam Wainwright doesn't move me. Like, I, they're okay. They'll be all right. They'll, they'll, they'll get those guys. Will get maybe like ten wins, but like. I don't know. It doesn't, especially with Flaherty. Flaherty's out for, yeah. I don't even know how long right now. He's out for an indefinite amount of time. Um, he could be back in like a month. He could be back in four months. We don't really know yet, but with him at like, he's the ace of that team. And if yeah. he's not pitching the full, if he's not getting 30, you know, 25, 30 starts, the start, the starting pitching is, is very suspect after him, I think. Um, and then, yeah, in the NL West, I think, you know, Dodgers, obviously top tier Padres second tier. And I don't, I mean, the giants, maybe you throw them in that tier. Yeah. They're not winning 107 games again this year. Like, I don't know where they pulled that out of last year, 107 wins, but they're not doing that again. But I think I like, like, they, they got some, they, they got the cheating lab. If the cheating lab's running this year, Rodon <laughs> and Alex Cobb, those guys, those guys are going to be great. So maybe, maybe they're in that second tier also. Maybe they'll make the wild card. Saying they had Alex season. Cobb throwing 95 miles an hour in a bullpen two weeks ago. And I just, yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing out there in San Francisco. There's a few teams, San Francisco, Atlanta, the Cardinals have blood magic. They don't even have a cheating lab. They just yeah, go on no, these crazy just, heaters. They have, they have a deal with the devil. They, <laughs> Last year, just because we went to that game against the, the Mets played the Cardinals in September. And we're like, yeah, they're going to pass. They passed the Mets like the week before that happened in the wild card race. And not even a gasp of hope that anybody would catch them because the Cardinals always do this bullshit. And now they brought back Albert Pujols for a last dance season. So the baseball writers are going to be falling over themselves. If the Cardinals are even halfway decent this year. Yeah. I don't know. They, yeah, they, they got the, they got the blood magic. And <laughs> Mundo Sosa is like, he's going to be their starting shortstop and he'll probably hit 280. Don't forget Lars Newtbar. Don't forget Lars, Lars Newtbar. They got Lars Newtbar in the outfield. I, I don't know, man. They got a good lineup. Like O'Neill's good. Bader's good. You know, 
Arenado, Goldschmidt, obviously, but Tommy Edwin. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, their their battery is combined eighty years old between Adam Wainwright and Yadi Molina. So. Oh man, baseball is funny like that. So of all the moves in the off season, I don't want to go through all of them because we will, we would, we could do that and take like six hours. But most yeah. important one at face value, you think? Like which one moves the needle the most for you? I feel like you can't say Freddie Freeman because he's just replacing Corey Seager's bat in the Dodger lineup. So like, yeah. I don't necessarily think that's a dramatic increase. Which one do you think is the most important? Um, I mean, if, if we're talking trades or all yeah, transactions, sure. it honestly, I mean, I don't know. I get, I, I don't want to say Matt Olson cause it doesn't necessarily move the needle that much for Atlanta. Cause he's kind of just replacing Freddie Freeman, but like that, that, those are big, those are big shoes to fill replacing yeah. Freddie Freeman. But I mean, maybe, maybe it is Scherzer. It, it might be Scherzer to the Mets. Cause like he, he, he is, he's a bulldog and he's going to go out there and he's going to pitch. And I know he had the, the dead arm issue at the end of last year, but I mean, he says it was because the Dodgers weren't pitching him enough and he like <laughs> has to keep pitching or else his arm falls off, which I don't know how that works, but I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with Max Scherzer. That guy's a, that guy's a psycho. <laughs> um, so, you know, if, if, if like he, he probably moves the needle the most in my mind, because with everything that is wrong with the Grom, like all the injuries and all, all the uncertainty about how many games he's going to pitch or if he's going to pitch at all this season, like, if if they didn't have Max Scherzer, I mean Chris Bassett's like an okay number one, but like then you got you got Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco as your top three. Like that's that's, tough. that's your playoff rotation. If you make the postseason and you don't have Degrom and you don't sign, you don't go out and give Scherzer forty three million dollars a year. So like, Scherzer's probably it. I think he I think he helps the Mets the most. Like he gives them a second Degrom with if and when Degrom you know gets hurt. So. He, he's, he's very important, probably the most important in my mind. I've been going back and forth if the Donaldson trade actually makes sense for the Yankees, and I can't really si- fall on a side of the line because I really don't know because I understand wanting to get better defensively, but at the same time, the Yankees have made all of these decisions trying to cut salary in different places, so I do not understand why you would take on $50 million of Donaldson's money. What side of the spectrum are you with the Donaldson trade for the Yankees? Yeah, I didn't I didn't like if they were gonna add money, why not just go sign a sign a shortstop? And like I get it, they bring in they bring in Donaldson's contract and like kind of for left isn't isn't making anything. So like they I think they add like twenty two million dollars in payroll this year. And you lose you get rid of Gary and Geo, which is like I don't know, like twelve to fifteen million salary this year. So in net they're at, they're adding like seven mil, whatever. It's not a lot. But they obviously needed a shortstop. Glaber can't do it. Glaber's not a major league shortstop. He's just he just isn't. Um, and he's not even hitting well enough either late like the last season or two to justify the fact that he is he is abysmal at you know defensively. So I don't I don't get why like they did all that work like you said a couple of years of a cut salary to get under the luxury tax to reset their penalties. I think everyone's thinking that they were gonna go big after one of the eight shortstops in free agency this year, and then they didn't. They didn't go after him. Like I don't I. I think they probably could have traded Gary Sanchez and Gio Rochella um, in just a straight salary dump if that's what they yeah. want. If they wanted the cut salary, like that's what they did with Voight. They they dumped Voight for a triple A pitcher. Like if they wanted to dump those salaries to 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 not go like crazy over the tax and still get a like a better defensive shortstop, they could have 
They could have just dumped Gary and Gio. Um, or maybe just dump Gary and dump Luke Voigt, keep Gio for third, and then sign a big shortstop. And that's that's the move you make, you know. Maybe you're a little over the tax, but I mean you're the freaking Yankees, like you can afford that. Yeah. Like it's it's never been a Yankees thing or a Steinbrenner thing to to like be afraid to spend money, and that's what it seems like they are right now. So I don't know. It 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 does it does make them better. They I think I think with the their current roster, they're better than they were last year. I just think they could have gotten even better than what they are right now. I think I think there was they left a lot on the table in terms of in terms of improvements. They did improve, there just could have been more. Gotcha. I, I that's why it's it's confusing. That's kind of why it's hard to fall on one side or the other. So in terms of divisions, we're gonna open it up a little bit more now. I think the AL East is going to be absurd this year because you got four teams that all expect to make the playoffs i don't know how realistic that is for the red sox but uh, the yankees jays rays and red sox all expect to make the playoffs this year and obviously there are only three spots available so one of those teams is probably getting left out and one of those teams can be very disappointed to be left out i listened to your show before and you and i are on the same page where we both kind of feel like everyone is just writing off the yankees which i don't really understand uh they are still, you know, Stanton, Judge, They, if LeMahieu can kind of go back to what he was, they've got Joey Gallo for a full season playing in that Little League stadium, which should help. They've got Rizzo a full season playing at Yankee Stadium, which should help. Yeah. Why is everyone so quick to write off the Yankees? I don't know. I think it's just this, like, this aura about the Yankees where everyone expects them to win 100 games and, and win the pennant every year, and so they don't do that, and it's bad. But, like, like if if – us as Mets fans, if the Mets went 92 and 70 last year, we would have freaking done laps around our house. Like I would be, I'd be over the moon if the Mets won 92 games and Yankees fan, the Yankees won 92 games that I feel like I haven't heard anything positive out of a Yankees fan about their team last year. And I, like, I get it. The standards are higher, but like, I think at a certain point you got to realize too, like the other teams got better. Exactly. Like 92 wins is a lot. I don't think they were necessarily bad. They were just like the Rays won a hundred freaking games last year. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? They're like, the Rays are like standard for, for like team building, you know? Yeah. So I, it's, they, you know, they, they competed with that. They, they definitely had areas that they, they should have beat. They didn't beat up on the Orioles as much as they should have. And like, you know, they lost some, some bad games to the Red Sox and to the Rays. Um, But you know, like they're, they're, firmly in the mix of of everything like they're firmly in in the world series picture they're firmly in the 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 division picture um i really do think it's their division to lose because like i said like tampa they're so weird who knows they could win 100 games again this year but like on paper the yankees have the best best roster in that division i think just strictly on paper looking at the team with everybody that's healthy for them i think the yankees have the best roster in a division and they're not a team that like they're not the Mets. They're not. They're not gonna go on some like crazy, like crazy underperformance, you know. And even if they do underperform, they still they still win games. Like even when they were like Chapman was giving up, like he had like the month where he had a six ERA. They're still winning a bunch of baseball games. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people are writing them off. It's probably just the stature that they built for themselves and that the fans built for the Yankees. But realistically, they're they're a really good baseball team and probably the best team in that division. I agree with you because the Red Sox don't have the pitching. I think we both agree the Red Sox just don't have the pitching. The Rays, like you said, you never really know what you're going to get, and they're banking on two rookies, McClanahan and Shane Baz, kind of picking up a lot of slack in that rotation this year. 
The Jays, their pitching probably won't be as good. Like, I like Kevin Gausman. He's not probably not going to have a Cy Young season like Robbie Ray did last year. Hyjin Ryu, not bad, but he's a three. Barrios, I like. That's a decent rotation the Jays have. Their bullpen is kind of iffy, which the Yankees, that's the one thing. Like, even if Chapman is going to be erratic and Chad Green can't get Francisco Lindor out, the Yankees still have a great bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they still have Loisaga. They still have Chad Green, even though, you know, yeah, he's just as long as they're not playing the Mets, he's all right. Yeah. You know, if your rotation's good enough, you could throw Nestor Cortez back in the bullpen. He was great for him last year. Like, they they got arms back there. They just got Miguel Castro from the Mets. Don't know how I feel about that yet for, for the Mets. But, like, they got arms. They got a bullpen. I can't remember the last time the Yankees have had a bad bullpen. Yeah. So, you know, they'll they'll be fine. Like, they, they'll be okay. Even when the Yankees were bad, they had a good bullpen. There was the year they had Chapman and Andrew Miller. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they missed. Yeah, they missed the postseason, and they had the two best relievers in baseball. And then they trade those guys, and both of those guys go to the World Series with the teams they got traded to. Like, yeah. it's, it's Yankees, even when even when they're bad, their yeah. the bullpen's great. Okay, let's do. I'll set the timer for five minutes to talk about the Mets because I don't want to do a full hour on the Mets at least until midway through the first month of the season so let's start with the very obvious we don't know when or if Degrom is going to pitch this season we're assuming six weeks ish is when he will be able to start throwing again six weeks from now is when he'll be able to start throwing again he'll need a few weeks to ramp up so conservatively you're probably looking at mid-june for your first Degrom start with no Degrom just factoring out Degrom how realistic is it to say they still can win 85 to 90 games that it's going to take to win that third wild card. They, they have the pieces to do so. Mm. Um, I'm not going to like, it wouldn't shock me to see the Mets underachieve and, and fall, fall on their face. Cause we've seen it too many times, but um, even with the Grom out, they have, even without him, they have six starting pitchers who are major league quality pitchers that have yeah. had, that have pitched in the majors before and that have had some semblance of success in the majors before. Um, and so, you know, that that is a good enough point right there. And then the lineup, the lineup, the really only hole in the lineup right now that I see is is catcher. I don't yeah. like McCann, but one guy, you saw him in the eight hole, whatever. You work around it, it's fine. Like you can you can manage that. And when you got like Hannah and Nimmo getting on base a ton, and you got Alonzo and Lindor and Eduardo Escobar to drive them in. Um, and hopefully you get, you know, I, I, I'd imagine that at the very least one of McNeil, JD Davis and Dom Smith is going to go back to what they were a couple of years ago. Like all three of those guys had, had bad years last year. All at the same time, I don't like maybe, maybe, you know, two of them stay as stay bad, but I, I you have to assume one of them, those guys yeah. is going to go back and like, progress again and start to like hit how we we know they can hit and if one of those guys comes back you get what you get out of Alonzo and Lindor and Escobar and Marte like they got bats they got a good lineup as long as you know they can get a little help in a couple places I think they'll be all right and they got Cano too who knows what we're gonna get at Cano I'm not holding out hope for Cano but they got Cano back so that's something he's gonna hit how do you feel about the bullpen? I still feel like they're an arm short. I still feel like they needed one more guy. I'm not confident with it. I mean, yeah. even last year, they were great last year. And every time every time they threw someone out there, I was... Holding your breath. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I love Edwin Diaz. I mean, even him, I was, like, nervous about. Seth Lugo, who was the only guy I was, like, confident in for a while. He was bad. 
uh, Loop at towards like halfway through the season when it was like, oh, Loop's like having an all time great season. Then I was like, okay. Then I started to trust every time Loop went in. I was like, all right, I'm I'm okay. But he's like the seventh inning guy. And then again, yeah. like that was it. It was only Loop. Like Trevor May, he had good stretches. He had great stretches. He had some pretty bad stretches. You never knew we were gonna get from him. Castro always seemed like a disaster waiting to happen. Lugo, same thing. Diaz, he was good for the most part, but you know he has his he has his meltdown. So. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not I'm not confident with it. I think I think the Braves have a better bullpen, um, just strictly in their division. So I'm not not super confident, but I think it'll be okay. I think yeah, if they're only an arm short, they can do that at the deadline. So hopefully that's the case. All right, last point on the Mets before we move on. I am writing something for Gotham that's going to go up either Thursday or Friday, depending where an editor can get to it. And the title is Make the Playoffs or Die Trying. And the Mets have done the half measures forever. You and I are intimately familiar with the the work of artists such as Michael Waka and Adrian Gonzalez (laughs) and every other bum that was brought in just to say the Mets were making transactions to try and improve the roster without improving the roster. They went out and improved the roster. They added Marcana, they added Marte, they added Escobar, they added Scherzer. Now there's no more half measures here. If you are in the thick of it at the trade deadline, You need to go out and make the roster even better. You need to jump on any opportunity to improve the roster. If you got to take a shitty contract to get a marquee player here, you do it. They cannot be close to it and do what they did last year where they went out and got one bat and Trevor Williams and Rich Hill. You can't do that again this year. If you are in the thick of it, you need to improve the roster even more. And the problem for the Mets is the cupboard's kind of bare at this point. They don't really have any prospects left to trade aside from their best ones. And you're not going to want to do that unless you're getting somebody you have multiple years of team control over. So the big picture point here is they can't not make the playoffs again. They, they just, you can't, it's unacceptable if they don't make the playoffs. Even if it's the wild card game, it is unacceptable to not be one of the wild card teams based on the way the rest of the national league is too, where you don't really got to worry about anybody in the NL West. The Padres. Yes. You got one team maybe in the Central and the Cardinals, and then the two teams in your division in the Phillies and the Braves. The Mets need to be better than two of those five teams I just mentioned. Yeah, and like not only the fact that you know playoff appearances and like success in in sports comes like can come few and far between, so you got to take every opportunity you can. You have a two hundred ninety million dollar payroll. Payroll, yeah. Like, you, there's no point. At, like you're already so deep into it, there's no point in getting to the to the to the deadline and be like, oh, we got a couple holes, but do I really want to spend an extra 10, 20 million dollars? You're way too deep in. There's yeah. no point to stopping now. Like I think they should have made a couple, maybe like another signing or two or another trade in the offseason. But fine, if you want to go into the, the regular season with this lineup, okay, I can I can get by with that. But if they if they get to the deadline. And they're going to have a hole. Like, there's no, like, if they get to the deadline and there's no holes to fix on this roster, fine. But it's not going <laughs> to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So you find the hole in the team, you figure it out. It, it's not going to be that hard. And you do whatever you can to fill it. Um, you know, if you got to go out and spend big, you got to go out and get somebody, you know, a couple of years of team control, like a, a really big name, and you got to give up a top prospect or two. That's what you got to do. You're too deep in. You're like, you, you're, $290 million into this, into this season, you cannot, you cannot just write it off and be like, all right, well, we're, we'll fix them and we'll fix our problems in the off season. That's it's too late. Now it's too late for that. 
now is not the time. Like they no, yeah, like you said, no more half measures. Because they have been good enough to make the playoffs each of the last three seasons. They just haven't performed. 2019, they were good enough to be a playoff team in Pete's rookie year when he hit the 50-something home runs. The pandemic season, they had the best lineup in baseball. And last year, they were good enough to make. They led the division 100-something days of the regular season and fell off at the end because they had no arms left because we had to watch Jared Eikhoff and God knows who else make their their start, get DFA'd, and then get called back up the following day. No more half measures with the Mets. So moving along here, one of the things that I do want to touch on here is the teams that have given up before the season's even started. There there are a few candidates who said, oh, we got to do this right now, like Oakland and Cincinnati. But there's also Pittsburgh, who has no intention of competing this year. Baltimore, who has no contention, intention of competing this year. Detroit is kind of starting to push their chips in, which is good. The Rangers as well, starting to push their chips in towards the middle. But there are a lot of teams in baseball with no vested interest in competing. And this is one of the driving things that made the lockout kind of as contentious as it was, was the players saying to the owners, well, why should we care you don't care about winning so why do you care about not paying me my full value yeah i think the only team that has any kind of legit like reason for not wanting to compete is the orioles yeah because like we said before that division is insane (laughs) and like at least like boston and like and you know toronto and like all the other four teams they were all like in the striking distance to winning that division so it's like i forget like one or two players that could what that could be what pushes over the top. The Orioles need like a whole. They need like seven dudes in that lineup. Yeah. They need like three start. Like they need a lot. So they weren't doing it all at once. I'll give them a pass. Yeah. Pittsburgh, the central, the central is like open. Like they, they, they could, they could be the second best team in the central if they wanted to. If they like brought on a couple guys, they made some moves. They could be the second best team in the central. Like the A's, they were the second best team in, or I think they were technically the third best team in the West last year, but. They could have made up that ground on Seattle this year if they really wanted to, but they didn't want to. Um, so, you know, like this, most of these teams, they, they're just they're not competing because they don't want to. Same with Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati, they, if they kept Castellanos and don't trade Sonny Gray and maybe maybe bring in like one or two other players to like, you know, fill out this lineup or fill out that rotation, you know. I mean, they also they also they they waved Wade Miley at the end of the season, and he he had like the best year of his career. He had like a three and a half ERA last year, by far the best season of his career. They just got rid of him for nothing. So like, you know, they they the, the Reds could have competed also if they wanted to, but they didn't want to, and they had like maybe one or two players on that additional onto the team from last year. They could compete for the division, probably not beat Milwaukee, but probably good enough to to get to be better than st louis and to to get a wild card spot so um yeah i like i i don't get it with these teams i get these owners just want a penny pinch um and you know sometimes it's better to to lead than this to blow it up too late but realistically all these teams should, should be trying to compete like these teams had good core cincinnati had a good core oakland had a good core and they just they blew it up just because you know they they didn't want they didn't want to spend the money so I don't know. It's like you said, it's that's the, that's probably the main reason the lockout went so long. And I'm glad to see some teams are actually trying now, which is nice. So maybe the lockout did work a little bit. One of the things within this conversation is I think it's weird because we've seen these 
teams go on these runs where not the best team wins the World Series. And, like, sure, the Dodgers have gone to, like, you know, eight of the last nine World Series, it seems like. The Astros have made a couple. The Braves went once. The Yankees haven't gone in a long time. But baseball is a sport where you can get lucky. You can get fluky. All you need is two and a half good starters and one good guy in your bullpen getting hot at the right time. And you could go on a miracle run and make something happen. And it would be better. It's one of the things I bitch about all the time in hockey is the teams that are close enough to be just make the playoffs and do nothing once they get there. If you put in just a little bit of modicum of effort, a little bit more, add one more guy to your lineup in baseball and in hockey, weird things can happen. And that mid that middle class of team that we were talking about before, the, the group with like the Padres, the Mets, the Phillies, the Na- not the Nationals, the Padres, the Phillies, the Braves, nah, Braves, etc. All those teams have to do, just get in. All you got to do is get in and something can happen. And that's what frustrates me so much about these teams that don't try. You think about all those Indians teams that were really, really good. The one, the best one lost to the Cubs in the World Series, but that's all they got to show for it. They got one World Series appearance and they slowly tore it apart. I feel like more teams should be more invested in trying because the baseball playoffs are so random. Yeah, I mean, the Braves had the worst record of any post any team in the postseason last year. They won yeah. the World Series pretty dominantly too like without their best player exactly and without their best player right and there were two teams that didn't make the postseason that had a better record than the Braves like Seattle Seattle and Toronto both won more games than Atlanta did during the regular season and those teams didn't make the play playoffs and Atlanta won the whole freaking thing and they beat they beat they beat I think they beat Milwaukee they beat the Dodgers they beat they beat the Astros and like you said they did it without their best player um like it's it yeah any literally anything could happen like by by all intents and purposes I don't like obviously Atlanta wasn't the worst team in the postseason but like according to the regular season Atlanta was the worst team in the postseason last year and they won the whole freaking thing anyways you literally never know what's gonna happen so you know yeah like like you said to 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 the the teams that like don't and, and you know Atlanta won it because they did those little extra things. Yeah. Like, yeah, they got a little lucky that Solaire and Eddie Rosario and Adam Duvall, like, were as good as they were once they got to Atlanta and Jack Peterson. But, like, they made the moves. Like, yeah. anybody could have made those moves. Yeah. The Mets could have made those moves. The Yankees could have made those moves. Anybody could have made those moves that the Braves did. Like, like when the like when Toronto got Barrios, only a few teams could have gotten Jose Barrios. Anybody could have got Eddie Rosario. <laughs> they, they traded Pablo Sandoval for him. Anybody could have gotten Adam Duvall. They traded a 26-year-old double-A catcher for him. Like anybody could have gotten these guys that Atlanta got, but they didn't. But Atlanta did. So, you know, because Atlanta, even though they – they, I don't know what they do to their players to, to convince them to sign for so cheap, but they, they care about winning. They want to win. And – that's why they won because they want to win. Like you don't, you don't win if you don't want to win and Atlanta wanted to win and they did it. They did what needed to be done and it worked. So more teams should be doing that. More teams should be trying and wanting to win because it very clearly, very clearly makes a difference. So last thing before we get to predictions, what young player are you very excited to see make their debut this year? Uh, I like um, he's actually not, Gonna be on the opening day roster. I like O'Neill Cruz from Pittsburgh. He's like a okay. six foot seven shortstop. I have a lot of I have a lot of interest in that the left side of that Pirates infield. 
uh, with Cabrian Hayes at third. I think Cabrian Hayes is probably one of the guys I mentioned last year. So Cabrian yeah. Hayes at third and O'Neal Cruz at shortstop when, whenever Cruz ends up getting called up. I'm going to probably see too many Pirates highlights this year, Pirates <laughs> games this year, just because I want to see those two guys play. So he's probably the one I'm most excited about. Um, don't think he's going to win rookie of the year just because like I said, he's not going to be up on the opening day roster. And I don't know when the pirates are going to call him up, but if they, I'm assuming at this point, if they're not, he's not opening day, they're just going to manipulate his service time. But, um, when he gets called up, I'm going to be excited to see him. I think he's, he's going to be very, very fun to watch. The one I'm very excited for, I just want to see a full season of Shane Baz and see if he's actually good or if he just had a good couple of weeks at the end of the season last year. And then the ones that everybody knows, Adley Rushman, who we've all been waiting for, that the Orioles have had banked away forever, and they kind of can't hide him anymore, even though like they know the team's not going to be good, and if they could, they would manipulate his service time another year, but they're not going to be able to get away with that. Bobby Witt on the Royals is finally going to get a chance. Julio Rodriguez on the Mariners, finally going to get a chance. These guys are exciting. That was one of the things that you and I touched on. And anytime I had somebody on base, on a baseball episode of the show during the season last year was how exciting it was that all of these young guys like Otani, like Fernando Tatis, like Vladdy Jr., like Bo Bichette were just really fucking good right out of the gate. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, like the AO Rookie of the Year, it that's going to be a, like, we're talking about AL East being a, a bloodbath. The American League Rookie of the Year is going to be a freaking – bloodbath this year um like there are there are there are probably 10 guys who have a legit legit case to to win american league rookie you got torkelson you got bobby witt um you got who julio rodriguez ali rushman wiley green jeremy pena for the Astros. they talk about him up a lot baz um you know like there there are there are a lot of guys who have, I think, a legit shot at winning Rookie of the Year in the American League, like five or six guys, or maybe even like seven or eight guys in the American League that, that could realistically win it. And like high pedigree guys, top prospect guys, like a lot of these guys would probably be have the best odds of Rookie of the Year if they were in like there were rookies in a different season, but they're all rookies together. So the American League really is going to be going to be insane. The, the young talent in the American League is ridiculous. You got to get the farm going, man. It's what you and I keep talking about with the Mets. You got to get that underbelly going. You got to have the infrastructure in place to actually develop major league talent. And like, yeah, it sucks that you have to be bad for like eight years in a row to build a competitive major league baseball team now. But the Mariners bided their time and they're kind of pushing their chips in now. That's a good thing. We got to see the Marlins might maybe be kind of pushing chips in. They made a few transactions, even though none of them were They're particularly like splashy. Me- yeah. yeah, They're like half measure right now. They got Soler. They got Avisel Garcia. Yeah. Their pitching staff's great, but yeah. you like to see him do more. Yeah. So let's get into predictions. We'll go division by division, wild cards. I'll let you go first. We'll go, div- we'll go back and forth. So American League East? Uh, I got the Yankees. I think it's their yeah. division to lose. Yeah, I, Yankees as well. Central, White Sox, yeah. Well, White Sox, yeah, that's <laughs> really it. West, Astros, yeah. Yeah, uh, yep, Astros. That's, again, their division to lose. Okay, wild cards is where we can actually have a little bit of a discussion. Okay. So I think you got to – you. I think you have to have the Blue Jays in there. Yeah. I think you have to have the Rays in there. That's, those are my first two. And then the third one is kind of open because I don't know who the next best team in the American League is. I don't believe in Seattle. Uh, I don't really believe in the Red Sox either. 
I feel like it has to kind of be one of those teams unless we get a mystery team in the mix. I got a mystery team. If you oh, want to make it to spicy, I know it. Oh, I know yeah, it, yeah. You, you know already, but the people yes. listening don't know. So yeah. if you want me to say my mystery team, yeah, I'm, go ahead. I'll be glad to elaborate. The Detroit Tigers are going to be my mystery team. That's my third wildcard team in the American League. Like you said, Boston, I think Boston's probably got a better roster, but that division will be a bloodbath. Somebody besides the Orioles is going to have to take some losses in that division. Um, and Boston doesn't have the pitching, I don't think. Uh, so I think they may be the odd one out too. The I don't like Cleveland's. They, they Cleveland's got. I can't name a Cleveland outfielder. Their outfield. Fran Mill. Fran yeah, our Mill, boy. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he DHs though. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, his card, his card, his card in MLB is incredible. But yes, yeah. But um, Kansas City, they they got some young pieces, but not yet. Minnesota, they made some moves, but again, I don't know yet. Um, and then I'm still I'm not 100% sold in Seattle. Oakland stinks. The Angels maybe. Texas will be okay. But Detroit, the Detroit Tigers, um, they they won 77 games last year. Okay, not nothing crazy, nothing to write home about. But I think that was a lot more than people thought they were going to win. I think I don't know what their over under over under was last year, but I don't think anybody expected anything out of Detroit last year. And I think part of the reason they won 77 games is because the division's so weak outside of Chicago. So it's still going to be just as weak. They're still going to be able to, be able to beat up on Kansas City and Cleveland and maybe even Minnesota. Um, struggle. They're going to struggle against Chicago. But they made some moves. They signed Javi Baez. They signed Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, they got some really good young pitchers in Casey Mize and Matt Manning and Tariq Skubal. I think those guys, I think their rotation is going to be great with those three really young pitchers and Eduardo Rodriguez. I think he's a great signing. I like uh, I like Andrew Chafin, the addition in their bullpen. Him, Fulmer, and they're in a and pitcher's Rivers. park. Exactly, they're in a pitcher's park. Yeah, Chafin, Fulmer, and Soto in that bullpen. I think is a good seven, eight, nine. Um, they got Tucker Barnhart from the Reds. Jonathan Scope had a great year. Like I said, they brought in Javi Baez, who had a who had a good year last year. They traded traded for Austin Meadows. Um, I, I excited to see a kill Badu for another year. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. They won seventy seven games last year. I think the team, I think the young players are only going to get better. They added Meadows, they added Bias, they added Rodriguez. I like those moves. I think, I think they can maybe sneak into that third wild card spot. Um, you know, I, I, I actually do believe that. Like part of me is just kind of like, oh, I, I want to not be super basic with my three teams, but also I, I do, I could read this, like I can actually picture Detroit sneaking into that third wild card spot. There's always some mystery team that surprises everybody. Um, you know, every season. And I think, I think that's Detroit this year. I think they got the young talent. They, they got the signings and the moves to supplement that. They got a really good manager in AJ Hinch. Yeah. I like Detroit. I think, I think they're, they're my, they're my little sleeper pick for third wild card in the American league. If you want to feel even better about that in uh, Stark's column today in the athletic, that was one of the things he asked the anonymous panel of who's going to be this year's giants and the tigers were the team with the most votes. So if you want to feel good about yourself, it's not just you who thinks that. Okay. We're good. I didn't read that too. So I'm, I'm happy. I like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not alone in that thinking. I do like the tigers. They have the pieces, like you said. They have a rotation. They have some arms, and that that goes along. Pitching goes a long way. Even if you have a shitty offense, you can win with just pitching. Ask the Mariners last year, who somehow won 90 games with a negative run differential. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and they 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 got plenty of arms. Plenty of plenty of arms. So I'm I'm liking Detroit. Okay. National League East. Uh I'm going it's it's Atlanta's division to lose until somebody beats Atlanta. 
Like there was Word part of us. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like to be the man, you got to beat the man. Exactly. Exactly. Like the Braves have won this division for like six years in a row now until they don't win it. They're going to win it. It is yeah. like, that's just, that's just how it is. Um, and there was like, I think we picked Atlanta to win the division last year. Yeah. Um, but it was, everyone thought it was kind of close between them and the Mets by the end of the season. It wasn't even close. I'm not making that mistake again. Yeah. This is Atlanta's division. They just won the world series. They just got Matt Olson. Um, I, they're going to get a Cunha back. It's their division to lose. If I, I, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's theirs. That, that's all I can say about it. Cause you got to think, cause people forget. I, I hate doing the people forget thing, but people forget. I mean, you're talking about, you get Austin Riley back. You should have a good Dansby Swanson season. He wasn't very good last year until the postseason. You've got Ozzy Albies. You got Matt Olson. Like you said, you've got Acuna. That's a really good lineup. They got Travis Darno, who won a silver slugger. Like, that is a good, a legitimately good lineup. You don't know what the road, I mean, Charlie Morton probably will just keep throwing curveballs and tormenting the Mets. You'll have Max Freed again, who's slowly but surely building himself up. He's probably more of a three than a two. And the bullpen, they added Kenley Jansen. They've got Will Smith. They got Tyler Matazic. They they've got a good bullpen. I agree with you. I do think the Braves are the best team in the NL East, at least until we see them not be. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, if you told me the Mets won the division, I would assume DeGrom came back and him and Scherzer both won, like, 17 or 18 games each. It's feasible, but until it happens, I'm not going to pick against the Braves. Yeah. Yeah. NL Central? I agree. Uh, Brewers. It's the Brewers, yeah. I guess. I'm not a huge fan of the Cardinals. I think they'll be okay. They'll win some games. They're not going to embarrass themselves. But the Brewers might have, the the like, the best one, two, three of their starting rotation in all baseball. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta is is an incredible top three to a rotation. So, um, yeah, it's, it's got to be the Brewers for me. I absolutely agree. You and I were high on them last year. They got to figure out that lineup, man. I, I know yeah. that they, they brought in Renfro, which I like. Hunter Renfro is mm-hmm. an above-average outfielder. He can hit. They got to fix Yelich. They got to fix Yelich, that's, man. That's the big thing. That's the big thing because, like, yeah, Renfro is really good. Um, then I mean, you you you're gonna take whatever you can get out of Lorenzo Cain at this point in his yeah. career. But like, if Yelich, if you, it doesn't even have to be MVP Yelich, if he just goes back to like Marlins Yelich, yeah, he'll be like that's all they need. Like he yeah. was awful last year, and they still won the division, like pretty handily. There was like a week left in the season. If they could just get Marlins Yelich instead of whatever the hell Yelich they've had the last two years, they're gonna be fine. You yeah. know. Like they they they're gonna they're gonna be good so, um yeah but e- even even without that I think their pitching's too good and I, I'm not really a fan of anybody yet, like too big of a fan of anybody else in that division so it's got to be the Brewers. The bullpen too, man. I I know there's a lot of conjecture out there that Hader might be available because they don't want to pay him a long term extension and that's been out there the last two off seasons. But until he goes somewhere, him and Devin Williams is a pretty good back end of the bullpen because you can use Hader like the way the Indians used Andrew Miller all those years ago, where whatever the situation, bring him into the highest leverage and get the best hitter out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both of those guys. It's like one of them one of them on any given day is the high leverage guy and the other one is the ninth inning guy any yeah. any given day they're both they're both incredibly incredibly good and they both slide in and out of that role both those roles seamlessly so yeah that 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 adds to it too two great relief pitchers at the back end don't forget the bench god peraza beating josh Hader on that random june day that was one of the funniest <laughs> mets games i've watched that was, was like, like i think that was yeah, that was his first blown save of the season. Yeah. It was like in yeah. July. It was a Peraza. Peraza. 
It made no, uh, no sense. Peraza was the best clutch hitter in baseball. That man had like an 1,100 OPS in high leverage <laughs> situations last year. That was the best clutch hitter in baseball. Derek Jeter who? Okay. NL West. It's got to be the all-star team that plays at uh, Dodger Stadium, right? It's it's the Dodgers. I mean, yeah. they were the best team in baseball, and then they added Freddie Freeman. So how could it not be the Dodgers? You think Bellinger has a good season again, or do you think he's like Yelich where he's kind of lost it and he doesn't get it back? I think I think Belly's cooked. I think Belly's yeah. cooked. I think he's I think he's damaged goods. Um, you know, I mean, the Dodgers are a team that can eat eighteen million dollars for a guy hitting two ten. But <laughs> and you know, at the very least, he's a decent defender. Still, you can yeah. stick him out in center field, and he'll he'll track down some balls. But I don't know. He just he seems so lost at the plate, um, and like nothing he's doing is working. Like he even made hey. some tweaks in the spring training and he's had like, he struck out in like over half his at bats in spring training already. So it's only spring training, but still it's, it's not, it's not a good trend to go on with, with what he's done the last couple of years. And all because he dislocated his shoulder celebrating a fucking home run in the world series. I know. <laughs> like, right. Like uh, it, it, it's, it's so crazy. I had like the, the littlest things had these like yeah. this, this crazy impact, but yeah, I think, I think he's cooked. I think Bellinger's cooked. And they still have Chris Taylor. They've got Mookie. I, I, I think Mookie will come back and have a really good year. Mookie was fine last year. It wasn't like he was bad. But I think Mookie kind of – they got to figure out I, – I don't love batting him leadoff. Like, yeah, I do it in MLB The Show with him. But at the same time, like, I feel like you got to give a guy like him more run-driving in opportunities. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's probably Turner this year. But even then, yeah. he's probably still hitting second and, you know, not a ton of run-driving opportunities. But – you know, that's the crazy thing with the Dodgers is like, yeah, we're talking about all these guys. Cody Bellinger was an MVP, what, three years ago? <laughs> How many teams can lose, basically just lose, getting zero production out of an MVP quality player and or negative production out of an MVP quality player and still win 100 games? Yeah. Still, still go to the World Series, still go deep into the postseason. You know, like it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Any other team loses a player like that, they're probably toast. I mean, I guess the Brewers did it too, but still like, it's it is it is it, it it's incredible how deep that that team is and how good that lineup is that Cody Bellinger can be a, a like objectively negative player for that roster and they still win 105 games last year. Any concern about the rotation? Because I, I it feels a little light to me. I feel like they're probably an arm short because Bueller, Urias, you don't know what you're going to get from Kershaw this year. Don't know what you're if Trevor Bauer is going to be available to pitch, and even if he is, they might they're probably going to throw him away. Kind of like Gonsolin, maybe in the rotation, or is he going to be the long man? It does feel like they might need one more arm. I know they were yeah. the team the Mets were bidding with for Scherzer. Yeah, and they try. They're trying the. They're gonna try and fix Andrew Heaney. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll do better in 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 Dodger Stadium than he did in Yankee Stadium. But excuse me, I I, I don't know. They gave apparently a ton of people wanted to fix Andrew Heaney. Yeah. Um. You know, I I like there was a part of me as soon as the season ended where I was like, man, I wonder if people look at him like they did Robbie Ray a couple years ago because like Robbie Ray in Arizona had like crazy strikeout numbers, but he just he walked a ton of guys. And then his last year in Arizona, he was just giving up home runs left and right. Like every, every, like his, his home run, the fly ball rate was like 25. It was insane. Like he was giving up home runs. Like it was nobody's bit, like it was going out of style. Um, and then they, they get traded to Toronto 2020 deadline. Doesn't really do anything. And then last year they, they figured something out with him. Something clicked and he was a Cy Young candidate. I thought about that with Heaney. Cause he's a guy who has good stuff 
and just hasn't put it all together. But then I looked at the numbers. He's never had the strikeout numbers that Robbie Ray had. Um, he just hasn't been as good as a pitcher. Like Robbie Ray, even before that, before Cy Young's, he had some success in Arizona. And he's never yeah. really had that. I don't know. Maybe maybe they get something out of him, you know, get a little more out of him. I wouldn't expect the Robbie Ray, you know, and Cy Young caliber season. But maybe they can get 25 starts out of him at like three and a half for ERA. And that's all really all you need with a, with a lineup and bullpen like they got. So, um, you know, but yeah, like you said, I mean, Bueller's the Cy Young favorite right now. And then Arias, he's good and young, but yeah, you don't, Kershaw, don't know, Gonson, like David Price. What are you going to like? What can you expect out of him? Can't, can't yeah. nothing out of him. So, you know. All right. This is where we can actually have a pretty open ended discussion for the three wild cards because. There's five teams that realistically should be in the mix for these three wild cards, maybe six if you want to include the Cubs. And it's going to get contentious. I mean, you've got the Mets, the Phillies, you're going to assume the Padres, the Giants, the Cardinals, and then the Cubs if you want to add them to the mix as well. Maybe even the Marlins if you want to get a little bit crazy with that rotation yeah. being as good as it has the potential to be. Yeah. Um, I My picks right now... My picks right now, I got the Mets, I got the Padres, and I got the Phillies. I think the Phillies okay. are just going to – I think the Phillies are just going to – 2004 Yankees their way. They're, they're just going to hit – everybody's going to have 20-plus home runs. They're just going to hit their way into the postseason. Yeah. Like, the pitching's good, the defense stinks, but the bats the bats are insane. Their lineup's like seven deep. I think they're just going to hit their way into the postseason. Um, I'm yeah, worried about Wheeler the, with them. That's the yeah, thing. I, yeah, Girardi, like – Girardi. <laughs> He he is like he's a grill master. He just cooks pitchers' arms, man. <laughs> Dallin Batances. Like, that one year, Dallin Batances pitched in a hundred games. That one year, man, as a freaking really holy crap, dude. Like Joe Girardi does not care about. He's like he uses like pitchers like like football teams use running backs on rookie contracts. Like they, they, just, they run him Kyle into the, Gibson. They trade they for run, Kyle yeah, Gibson. They, Oh my God! They run him Every into the ground. Every single start, 120 pitches. Kyle yeah, Gibson. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like the age of like of like protecting pitchers and like every pitcher, like they throw like 80, 90 pitches. They come out after five, six innings, and like Gerard is getting having his guys throw eight innings, 120 pitches every day, like every fifth day. I mean, I, I, I it's and it, the it bullpen, works, I guess. Eh. Yeah, that's it's, dude, it's a, you're right. They're gonna have to hit their way in. The Phillies will have. They to are. Win. They are. Like like Wheeler will be good. But there is there is the impending doom that his shoulder is going to fall off yeah. because he threw so many innings last year. Yes. Um, and Aaron Nola, I don't know. People really like Aaron Nola. He's fine. Uh, he's okay. Yeah, he, he's... His strike his strikeout numbers he gets he gets a lot of strikeouts, but I don't know. I mean, he had what he had, he had like a four ERA last year, yeah. like four point six. His like yeah his strike his strikeout numbers are great, but other than that. I don't know. I, I think I think he's just okay. He's he's an okay number two, not not a great number two. Um, Kyle Gibson is a is a fly ball pitcher in a in a pit in a hitter's ballpark. Um, he had a good year last year, but that was an outlier year in his career. I think he's probably going to be pretty bad. Ranger Suarez was phenomenal down the stretch, but could he keep that up? I don't know. Um, the Philly the Phillies, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But at the very least, with a lineup of Schwarber, Harper. Castellanos, Real Muto, Reese Hoskins, they're going to be able to hit their way into the playoffs, I think, in, in my mind at least. 
Padres are very interesting. They kind of had the same deal the Mets did, where they started out of the gate really strong, and then as the season went along, they petered out and they finished the season under 500 with one of the more talented lineups in baseball. I mean, are we just assuming that, you know, adding one more pitcher to the a healthy Mike Cleavinger to the mix and Bob Melvin is just going to be enough to figure out that like 10 game difference? I, I think I think Melvin will have a bigger impact than um, I mean, I don't, that's I don't who really I wanted the Mets to get. Yeah. 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 And like, I don't know who was their guy. Was it like Jace Tinglers? I don't remember who the hell yeah. it was last year i don't say he's necessarily bad but one of one of the things that sticks in my mind about the padres last year was when was when tatis was like struggling a little bit and he was getting moody in the dugout and him and machado got in a screaming match and like i get it <laughs> tempers tempers flare like players get pissed it happens right you know these guys are professional athletes from the biggest stage guys are gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna lose their cool a little bit sometimes but i don't know if he knew how to deal with that similar to the mets yeah. i mean Jeff McNeil and 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 Lindor, Lindor yeah. boxed each other in in the in the clubhouse, you know, in the middle of a game last year. And I don't know, I don't know if if Rojas knew how to deal with that. I don't think he did. But Buck Walter knows how to deal with that shit, and so does so does Bob Melvin. I think yeah. those, I think though, that'll be a big thing. And you know, I like the the similarities between the Mets and the Padres last year is like is crazy because yeah. like. The, the good, talented, young teams that made splashy moves, they quote-unquote won the offseason last year, and they start out hot, and they, they they teeter off, and they finish under 500. Very underwhelming. And now they go out and they get veteran managers where I think will be able to, to rein these players in and to keep everybody, you know, level-headed. Um, and, you know, besides the fact – I mean, I'm looking at the Padres' death chart right now. I can't even fit their whole starting rotation on my on my phone. Like, <laughs> Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Manaya. Clevenger, Paddock, Mackenzie Gore, Ryan Weathers, like they got so many guys. I think they're they're trading Paddock to Minnesota. Yeah. Um for the Rogers yeah. brother, actually. Yeah. Oh, is that what that is? That's what I, I saw on Twitter, the one Rogers brother from Minnesota. Yeah. Oh my if they're getting if they're getting him, that's a great move. I didn't I didn't see what that trade was, but that's a great move for San Diego if they're getting if they're getting him. Holy crap. Um but I mean, yeah, their line their lineup's deep. You know, Tatis, he's hurt. His motorcycle accident, but you know, when he comes back, he'll be good. I, I know, right? Which one? <laughs> um, Machado, Machado is good. Luke Voigt, I think, will be will be good, you know, in, in that lineup as well. I, I really like Trent Grisham. I think he's gonna have a good bounce back. Um, you know, Cronenworth, Cronenworth, great, big Cron, Cronenworth fans here. So, yeah, they got a good lineup, they got a good rotation. By all means, they should be able to, I, they're not, they're not Dodgers level, but by all means, they should be able to win a wild card spot. Any concern about some of the lingering things? Like, they kind of still don't know what the defensive alignment is going to look like. We were talking about this yesterday. The whole Snell kind of being cooked last year. Darvish kind of being ass after they cracked down on the sticky stuff. Any of that stuff concern you about the Padres? Or you just kind of think last year, last year? I think the defensive alignment does. Um, I Like, they don't necessarily have a third outfielder right now. They let Tommy Pham go. Yeah. Um, and, you know... High sunk him and Jake Cronenworth don't want to play the outfield. So they have Grisham in center, Will Myers in right, um, and then Jerks and Profar in left. I like Jerks and Profar, but he's not a guy you could start 130 games. Yeah. Um, even if you wanna even if you wanna platoon him with Matt Beatty again, I think they could do better than that. And for a team trying to really win this year, I think they have to do better than that. What do you do with with Eric Hosmer? I mean, Hosmer knows you want to get rid of him. Like that's gotta be a little bit awkward. At the very yeah. least, 
But all in all, they got a lot of good players in that lineup. Things like that will work themselves out. The playing time issues are, are going to work itself out through the course of a season. Guys will get injured or, you know, guys won't perform and, you know, other guys will take their spots. So I'm not I'm not super worried about that for them. But if, there, if there's any issues, yeah, it's probably that the defensive alignments and that the fact that they don't really have a legit third outfielder. Yeah, I mean, they were playing Tatis in the outfield last year because they needed an outfielder. So not not yeah. ideal. No, not not ideal at all. They got They got to figure that out. All right, so wrap up. We, I, all right, gun to my head. I hate picking the Mets to do anything well, but the Mets should be one of the three wild card teams. I think I'm going to agree with you on the Phillies. And then I want it to be edgy and do something weird like the Cubs or the Marlins, but I really I mean, do think I, it's. I picked the Tigers, so go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I really do think it's just going to end up being boring and it's going to be somebody like the Cardinals. I really do. I, I hate being that guy, but I, I, I would like to be right about something for once. There you go. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not going to judge just, you. Don't worry. We spent a lot. We spent a solid like half hour yesterday on Xbox, just talking about how the giants can't possibly be this good again. Like Lamont Wade is not going to be as good as he was. Brandon Crawford is not going to have a 950 OPS again. Yeah. Hold on. I want to pull up Brandon Crawford's uh, <laughs> baseball reference. Cause it doesn't make any sense. Like the guy, the guy was like a career. I don't know what 750 OPS ish. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was, he was just, he was just, uh, he he was he was just a defensive guy. I mean, his career OPS is seven twenty seven, and that's including last year. We had an eight ninety five OPS. Yeah, like out of nowhere, and in, in his age, what his age thirty four season, he just starts slugging five twenty two. Like, where the hell did that come from? He had two ninety eight, three seventy three on base, five twenty two slugging. Makes zero sense. Um, only the second time in his career he was ever over twenty home runs in a season. Um, 30 doubles for only the third time in, in his career. Like it doesn't make any sense. The guy, the guy that had the best season of his career at the plate, like by a large margin at 34 years old, they got that cheat lab humming over, over in, over in San Francisco. I really was tempted this morning. I know I was looking through the odds. I was going to throw like $15 on Logan Webb for NL Cy Young as my dart throw. That's a guy I think if the Giants are good, he's going to have a very good season. And he was amazing in that playoff series against the Dodgers last year. Yeah, he was like, he was, he put him on their back. He was like, yeah. he was the ace of that, of that team that season or that postseason series. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll do awards, World Series, and we'll get out of here. Okay. AL MVP. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Vladdy. I know I, okay. I. I kind of elaborated on my show a little bit. I don't want to go too in depth to, to like run on too long, but I think Otani kind of kind of screwed himself with how yeah. good he was last year because like he could have won the MVP last year if he was like above average in at hitting and pitching, and then he just happened to be great at both of them. <laughs> like he had he had a hundred. He had like forty something home runs, twenty stolen bases. He had a nine fifty OPS. Like he was he was. MVP level or like Captain, you know, everybody he had a 3.13 ERA. So like he was yeah. top tier, like elite at pitching and hitting. I think he could have won MVP if he was above average at both of those. And he yeah. was elite at both of those. If he's not elite at both of those again, they're not going to vote for him. He's not going to get the votes. Like he won't, he'll get like, he'll get like second, third place votes, maybe like a couple stray firsts. But for the most part, he like, he was too good last year that he screwed himself. <laughs> 
for the future MVP awards, unless he, unless he's elite at both again, which, you know, he, he did might. it once. Why could he might do it again? For, you know, for all I know, he could, but it's got to be insanely difficult to have a, a sub, you know, th- you know, or like a three point one ERA and hit have a nine fifty OPS. You know, multiple seasons in a row. It can't be easy. So, assuming he regresses a little bit and is still a fantastic player, I just don't know if he'll get the the votes enough. Um, so I'm gonna go Vladdy. I think he's probably you know he might regress a little bit too, but I I really I think I really like Vladdy. I think people probably. We'll probably give him maybe a little more sympathy too because he was so good last year yeah. and he didn't win it. And in any normal season, he probably wins MVP, but he just had, you know, Babe Ruth in front of him <laughs> to win MVP, that, you know, last season. So um, I'm going to go Vladdy in the American League. I was thinking I was going to do something kind of spicy. Uh, I, I, a lot of people, I've, I'm kind of buying the Aaron Judge hype because it's a contract year. And like, if he, they don't negotiate the contract before the season starts and he just has the season of his life this year. And then he's like, okay, 10 by three fifty, please. Yeah. 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 I, I, hey, nothing motivates a player like a contract year. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll go judge American league MVP, national league okay. MVP, sir. Uh, I like Mookie Betts. I, uh, okay. I think, I think, I think with that Dodgers lineup, it's as good as ever. Um, he had, like you said, he had a pretty, pretty, you know, pedestrian season life for for his standards, a pretty yeah. average season. Um, he seems to go year on year off with great years. And I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's going to be really good. Like I said, there's, there's so much protection in that lineup, Trey Turner in front of him, Muncie and, and Freddie Freeman behind him. I, I, I like Mookie Betts to, to have a really good prob, you know, MVP caliber season this year. I'm going to go Fernando. Give okay. me 48 home runs, 120-ish RBIs, like 275. Give me Fernando for NL MVP. I know he's probably okay. not going to start the season. He's pro- already probably going to miss at least two weeks out of the gate. But I was thinking somebody on the Dodgers, but my concern with picking somebody on that lineup is they're going to steal votes from each other. It's the same reason I wouldn't bet Trout because Otani's on his team. Or like, I know yeah. I was reading a couple of different preview columns, and like a lot of people are talking about Freddie Freeman because like he's going to have a million opportunities to build off of a, a really good season last year and the year before that where he won MVP. I think they will steal votes from each other. Mookie, Freddie Freeman, Seager, not Seager, Turner. I think they probably. will steal votes from each other. Probably, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go Fernando and then okay. A.L. Cy Young. Uh, A.L. Cy Young, I, it's Garrett Cole. I it, The A.L.'s got some good pitchers. I just, I don't know. There's nobody that jumps out to me that's like, that's like, that seem like a, a Cy Young winner. Like I yeah. love Lucas Giolito. I don't think he's that, at least not yeah. yet. Like Dylan C's had a good year. I don't think he's a Cy Young winner. Robbie Ray. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to duplicate what he did. I think he'll be good. I don't think he's going to duplicate it. Um, to Kevin Galsman. I like they, they're just, there isn't anybody I look at and I'm like, Oh yeah, that guy's a Cy Young winner. Garrett Cole is the only guy he is. So I, yeah. I he's my pick. I was trying to do like the mental gymnastics and be like, could 39 year old Justin Verlander win the Cy Young? Probably not. He started like 94. He's probably done as an elite pitcher. And then you've rattled through your brain, sales, not starting the year healthy. He's already 60 day DL. Nobody on the Jays, like Berrios, I don't think he's Cy Young good. He's got good stuff. He's not that level. 
yeah. Gausman, you mentioned. There's nobody who jumps out. Giolito, maybe? Lance Lynn had a great year last year, kind of out of nowhere, but he kind of fell off towards the end of the year because he yeah. just threw too many innings. There's yeah. nobody else you can really talk yourself into. I mean, it kind of has to be cold by default. I mean, even after the sticky stuff cracked down and he was kind of ass for a month, he put it back together by August. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Those great pitchers, like, they figure, figure it out. out. He yeah. figured it out. You don't get that good just because of some, you know, because of some pine star, because of some spider tack. Like, sure, it helped. And obviously, there was a difference. But, like, if you're that good, you'll figure it out without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think he'll be fine. And El Cy Young. And El Cy Young. Uh, I am going to go with uh, Brandon Woodruff. I know. Spicy. Uh, I like that yeah, one. Burns got it last year. Burns was great. I think some of Corbin Burns' numbers are a little uh, unsustainable. Like, I think his home run the fly ball ratio was, like, six. And, like, pretty much all the other elite pitchers were at, like, 10 to 12. So, um, I think uh, – he did have a high Babbitt, Corbin Burns. But I don't know. I, I, I like Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff doesn't have as spicy as strikeout numbers as Corbin Burns. Um, but I do think some of Burns' other numbers are probably going to regress a little bit and probably going to add to, you know – put a, a couple extra runs on the board for him and bumping his ERA up a little bit. Um, and I think, I think Brandon, Brandon Woodruff is just really, really freaking good. Like that, that rotation is incredible. Um, I think he gets enough strikeouts as well. And with the ground, not, you know, he's missing, who knows, like a few months and Scherzer, he's, he's old. I don't know if he could still be Cy Young caliber. I like Brandon Woodruff. I think he's, I think he's my pick. I was going to try and talk myself into like Sandy Alcantara just to sound cool. The edgy, the edgelord pick. He's got great value. I know we were yeah. talking about the other day. We were looking at futures, like who could win the Cy Young out of nowhere. I'll be boring. Give me Walker Bueller. He was the best pitcher in baseball for a lot of last season. He didn't end up winning yeah. the Cy Young. He kind of got cucked by his teammate and Corbin Burns was great. And if Zach yeah. Wheeler's arm wasn't cooked, he would be my answer. But I don't think Zach Wheeler is going to make 30 starts this year. Yeah, it's asking a lot out of him. No. All right, who's winning the pennants? The pennants. Um, you know, I actually didn't even write that. I was supposed to talk about this in my show, and I didn't. I I didn't even write it down. So I gotta. I might have to think about this for a second. The AL. This 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 might this might be the year for the White Sox. I like the moves they've made. They got they got the the good starters. Um, and I think I think when it comes down to it, when it gets to when it gets to the to the deadline, I think they're gonna make a big splashy move to like really like cement themselves as I mean they tried it last year with Kimbrell. It it you know blew up in their face, but I think they're probably gonna try and do it again. Um they get a full season out of Luis Robert, they gotta get a full season hopefully out of Elo Jimenez as well. Like both of those guys you get you get 140 plus games out of those two guys. That's great. Jose Abreu is great. Tim Anderson's really good. Um, you know, maybe even get a, a little bit of a bounce back season for Yuan Makata. They got a great, they got a great lineup. They got a great rotation. They got Liam Hendricks in the bullpen as their closer is really good as well. Um, I like the White Sox for the American League pennant, and then the National League pennant. Um, hmm, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say Dodgers. That's boring. I'll go with the Brewers. I like the Brewers. Okay. I think we we said them as like our sleeper team. Yeah. At our postseason preview last year because of the rotation, I'm gonna do and the then, same thing. Yeah. The rotation. They just couldn't score any runs like, against like, the Braves. That was the problem. Ex exactly. Yeah. Like they they need a bat. They could probably get. I like Renfro. Renfro had he had some big hits for the the Red Sox last year in the postseason. 
Um, and, you know, I think they could probably get another bat at the deadline. And if you're going three-man rotation in the postseason, I don't know if anyone's got a better three-man rotation than the, than the, than the Brewers. So, you know, no. maybe the Mets if all three of their guys are healthy. But other than that, I think it's the Brewers got the best. Um, and that, that's a big part of it. And then, like we said, same reason we said last year, Devin Williams, Josh Hader at the back end. They, they got they got what you need for postseason, you know, winning postseason baseball. So I like the Brewers for the National League pennant. Okay. I'm going back to the well one more time, Chris. I'm taking the Yankees to win the American League again. <laughs> I I can't quit them. They're the best team on paper in the American League. I still don't – I don't know. The Astros are going to miss Correa. I don't trust Verlander in his age 38 season. They lost yeah. Grinky and didn't really replace him. I know Zach Grinky wasn't great for them last year, but they need somebody just to pitch those innings. That The Astros rotation yeah. scares me a little bit. The White Sox – I thought they were going to be better last year. And then the Astros kind of just ran them out of the division series where they kind of just blew them out in three straight games. Yeah. Like, yeah I love I the White Sox. With the White Sox. I love the White Sox on paper. Like you mentioned, they've got the three starters. If they can ever get Garrett Crochet going out of the bullpen, that guy's going to be fucking electric to go from him to Leon Hendricks, just throwing nothing but smoke out of the back end of that bullpen. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be boring. Give me the Yankees, even though they have two starting pitchers I believe in. And then National League, I almost want to just say the Braves run it back. I think the Braves are probably the one team that's equipped in a way that they can beat the Dodgers consistently. I mean, two years ago, they took the Dodgers to the brink. They had, were up three games to one on them. And then last year, they finally beat them. Yeah. I think I think I'm going to go Yankees-Braves for my World Series production. That would think, be our nightmare. I hope yeah, anything but that. That would but, be ass. You know, it, it's it's very plausible and very believable. I'm just praying it's anything but that. <laughs> if we get – that's, like, almost as bad as Yankees-Phillies from, what, 2009. So Yankees-Phillies would at least be funny because you would have the Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber playing at Yankee <laughs> Stadium in a World Series sounds like oh my, my personal God. hell. Because uh, he sh- <laughs> that's who the Yankees should have fucking went and got. You want to talk man. about so- – Schwerber, I know he can't he, play first base, he, but he put he put one out of the park. Like, like <laughs> he remember when subway. remember when they had the they had the home run derby there and yeah. Josh Hamilton was in it and they were like, is Josh Hamilton gonna hit one out of the stadium? Like that's Schwerber <laughs> playing. That's Schwerber <laughs> playing eighty. Schwerber playing eighty one games at Yankee Stadium. That's what that is. Is yeah. is he gonna put one out of the stadium? You very well oh. could. The Kyle Schwerber at first base experiment was fun. I want to thank the Red Sox for that. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Chris. This was fun. It's good to have guests because it makes me not be lazy as a host. So thank you for coming on. Plug the hey, show a little bit. Anything else no, you're working on? Yeah, you know I love doing it. Love talking about baseball. Talk about. I mean, we talk about baseball anyways. We were not yeah. recording it and putting, you know, posting it somewhere. So love doing it anyways. Um, I got my show, Sports Support with Christopher Schweitzer. It's on HudsonRiverRadio.com, live every Wednesdays. But if you're busy, it's Wednesday at 7 p.m. Perfectly okay. You go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Speaker, all the big podcast uh, streaming platforms. Uh, D-Sports Support with Christopher Schweitzer. You can find it on there. Download it. Um, eight, at HRR Sports Support is the Sports Sports Twitter account. So go follow that. You can find my personal account on there as well. So go follow them. Go follow me. Go download the show. Listen to it. I did a pretty similar. If you liked what you heard on this show, I did something pretty similar. Went a little bit more in-depth on the Mets and the Yankees because they're our local teams. Did a couple other things. So if you like what you heard, go listen to my show, get a little more in depth um, on, on a couple other things there. And yeah, I got a 
couple of years where the episodes on, you know, if you want to go back and listen to stuff for whatever reason. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's all I got to plug. Thank you for having me on. It's always, always a blast. It's always fun to talk baseball. This is what we like Chris said. This is what we do even when we're not recording. It's kind of bad. Like all the people we hang out with kind of get tired of us talking about baseball. Like we'll be sitting in someone's living room and Carl will come in the living room and be like, you're just talking about baseball? And that, yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, that the for some reason, the curse of baseball has afflicted us. And even worse, we're both kind of optimistic about the Mets this year. So that's going to end disastrously. And I, yeah. All right. I was going to end it there. Gun to your head. What goes wrong for the Mets this year? What fucks them over? Uh, the starting rotation just falls apart. Like the yeah. Grom, the Grom only throws, only pitches like 10 games. Scherzer's, you know, Scherzer's hamstring and dead arm flares up. And then uh, Carrasco and Tyler Walker <laughs> permanently cooked. That's it. You know, I think the only pitcher I'm like confident that we'll get a decent season out of. Yeah, Chris Bassett. Like 20, Chris Bassett. That's pretty much it. That's the only guy I'm like, I don't have to worry about Chris Bassett. I think he'll be that, okay. Everybody that, else has got big red flags. Chris Bassett broke his face last year and was begging to come back like two weeks after he broke his face. That guy yeah. wants to pitch more than anything. That, he's just a baseball player. Like yeah. I remember a couple of weeks ago too, they, the reporters are asking him like what it was going on with like, if he was had like contract talks and he was like, I don't, he's like, I don't care about co- my contract. Like my agent. That's what my that. agent's for. Yeah. He was like, he's like, yeah, my, I, that's what I pay my agent for. I just play baseball. And I was like, you know what? I don't got to worry about this guy. I got all other, the six of the other seven pitchers in the Mets rotation. I'm worried about this guy. I'm cool. That's it. But I think that's what kills the Mets. I think the lineup, the lineup should score runs. They're good enough. They were good enough to do it last year. They just all, they all had career worst seasons. I think the, the score runs this year. It's just, if, if the starting rotation falls apart, that's what kills them. Yeah, I think that's the very obvious answer. I mean, we already were kind of like, all right, if we get 20 starts out of the ground, that wouldn't be bad. And we're already going to miss two months worth of them. So that's yeah. where we're at as Met fans, unfortunately. Can't wait to pay $7 to go watch Taiwan Walker pitch against like the Pirates in July. It's going to be great. Can't wait, Chris. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'll be right there. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's show. We'll be back to daily episodes. We'll probably do Masters and other like the niche sports tomorrow going into the weekend because it's a full slate of the niche sports with golf and you've got formula one and you got nascar and hockey's kind of in that weird in between basketball we could laugh about the lakers a little bit maybe other than that i'll see you guys tomorrow i hope you guys enjoyed today's show 